Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on Newsstand Studios from Rockefeller Center. Call in all of your questions to 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. Joined as usual in the studio, again, together in the studio again, with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How are you doing, Stas? Good. And by the way, uh, you like for those of you that can listen live, because you've joined our Patreon, first of all, I don't want to hear anyone saying that they can't get to our show. It's free Friday. I don't want any gripes. Free Friday, right? Yeah. But for those of you that are, are paying for the live access and for the callings, yada, 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 you have the distinct pleasure of having Nastasia Lopez hanging up on you. So what I think you should do, I think everyone should try to see if they can interest her enough to try to get that second question oh, man, in no. before she gives you the goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Anyway, right, Saz? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Joined with our dueling engineers, we got Joe Hazen. How you doing, Joe? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. And uh, back there in, uh, well, it's sunny enough here. Man, I melted on the way over here. What so is it, hot. 8 billion degrees? It's not that. It's the humidity, I think. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. Right? Oh, don't I have permission to, like, flush you down the toilet when you say stuff like that? Don't you hate those words? 65%. Yeah. Six, it's only 65% humidity. Nastasia Lopez has always said, if I'm ever that person <laughs> who's like... I'm going to go outside because it's nice. Or if I walk up to you and say, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Actually, it says it's 86, <laughs> but it feels like 93. Oh. And, well, if it, it, it feels like as soon as your sweat doesn't evaporate anymore, it's just a filth pot, no matter what. Anyway, and uh, for our West Coast engineers, crews, for our West Coast engineering <laughs> fun, we got Jackie Molecules. How you doing? It's uh, hot, not humid here. No, I mean me. <laughs> I'm in L.A. Boop, boop, beep, beep. Hey, you know what? It's good for the body and bad for the soul. Suck it. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, so, all, you know, whatever. You're not man. wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I like L.A. Uh, you know, I'm fine with it. Um, you know, I'm kind of tied to this coast probably forever, forever, <laughs> uh, whether I want to be or not. If I could live anywhere, if Red you guys lives. could live anywhere, where would you be? Yeah, you just honestly knows. I would live like in the redwoods, and the way I would die is have one of those suckers fall on me, mm-hmm. just like kaboom. Wow, mm-hmm. that's yeah. your if you could live anywhere, that's where it would be. I like being in the forest because I like I like moistish but cool. I like ferns and pine needles on the ground. I like the smell of evergreens, and I like feeling like an Ewok. Mm-hmm. So that's build a house out. or you'd camp. I'd. I build a house. Mm-hmm. I build a house. I, I, you know, I build a house. The problem is, is that honestly, if you want to live up there safely, you do have to build it in such a way that if a tree falls, it's not going to hit you. And since the trees are three hundred feet tall, <laughs> you can't really be, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. safely in the in the thing. You know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what about you, Stas? I think in one of the canyons in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I choose. Yeah. Oh yeah, all right. Mm. One of the northern ones. No, like you know, Laurel Canyon. No, oh. one mm. of the Malibu canyons. She a fancy lady. Yes, you know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except our work, I haven't been paid in four weeks. So mm, nice. That's not true. Today, <laughs> no, we didn't get paid today. We aren't taking money. Oh, you're. I'm not. I thought we went back. No, well, whatever. We'll we'll figure it out <laughs> later. What about uh, what about you, molecules? Tokyo. Really? Really? Huh? Yep. Huh? Wow. Yeah, Forever. Wow. I mean. It would put me in Japan so I could move around, you know? I could start in Tokyo and then end up somewhere, like, up in Hokkaido, maybe. Mm-hmm. You're going to, like, move like a fungus? What do you mean? You mean you're just going to use that as your <laughs> home base and then just kind of go around? 
Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Huh. What about you, Joe? Carolinas. Oh, oh because of the Ooh. James Taylor song? Um, per, no, not because of James Taylor's song at all. Wilmington, North Carolina is gorgeous. Oh, yeah? You're, you used to want to tour that battleship again and again. Uh, you know, I did some work over there at the uh, movie studios. Uh, I worked on Dawson's Creek for a second. Oh, my gosh. oh is that and the I don't want to wait for my life to be over? Is that it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, it's just beautiful land of, you know, beach and mountains are super close by. Ah, huh, huh. So not like northern Outer Banksy stuff, more like close to the South Carolina border. I will definitely hit the Outer Banks for some fishing. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I love fishing. So... You're going to appreciate this. Can I talk about this, Nastasia? No. Come on, please. No, we've done it already. We've Move never on. talked about it. Move on. We have. We have. Mm. I know somebody who was trying to move to the Outer Banks to escape the humidity. Let's put it that way. And then Nastasia and I looked up on the internet because we were like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's like humid as all hell there. And then the person was like, uh, said that they were having a, a trouble because they were trying to... to Reel in the bass that they were catching out of a tree. It was That's chasing how humid a squirrel. It was. Yeah, yeah the, the bass was chasing a squirrel up a tree because it was so humid. Jeez, oh, Louise. I do like the Outer Banks, though. You know, I haven't been since the mid-'80s. I'm sure it's way different. Probably. I don't know. All right. So, what's going on? Uh, so, next week on the show, uh, for those of you that, that hear this, get your questions in because we have our good buddy, friend of the show, and it, I'm pretty sure he's coming in live. Uh, Matt Starchwell from uh, Kitchen Arts and Letters is going to be on. So it's time to get, we're going to bring Classics in the Field back for the first time uh, in, um, at the newsstand studios. We're going to bring back Classics in the Field uh, and ask us all of your like, cookbook-related questions. Get them in early so I can get them to uh, Matt and he, he can have, although he's going to have good answers off the cuff, let's be honest. Right? He always does. He knows all this stuff. He's going to have good, good answers off the cuff. Uh, and then also... Um, start getting your questions in. Uh, by the way, we were supposed to have Pierre Chum earlier, but we're pushing him because he's gone now. He's in, he's in Dakar. He's in uh, Senegal. So we wanted to have him. We'll get him once he comes back. Uh, but pretty soon, I haven't told you this yet, Nastasia. We we're going to have on uh, Laren Thomas, who is uh, one of the most, the foremost knife engineering blogs out there. And his book, Knife Engineering, check it out is fantastic. So for all you knife nuts out there, we're going to do a whole episode just on the ins and outs of slicing and dicing and knives and myths and hoo-hahs. So start thinking about your knife-related questions. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Knife steel nerds, what do you think about that? Yep. <laughs> You're like, Nastasi's like, checks out. <laughs> He's from Pittsburgh, though. Cool. What's the name of that sandwich from Pittsburgh that everyone likes? I don't know. You know, you know what I'm talking about? That sandwich that everyone likes in Pittsburgh? All right. All right. So, uh, oh, and this week is the week that the French Fry movie that Nastasia and I, so for those of you that follow. This is the worst. What's the I worst? mean, this, I don't know if you, okay. What? No. <laughs> it's a good movie. I've watched it. Oh, you've watched it? Okay. I've watched it. What okay. makes you think it's bad? No, I don't think the movie's bad. So what's the worst? Uh, there's just a lot of emails coming in. Oh, about it. oh, 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 I have to look at email. Anyway, yeah, point is. It's like high level and then like the lowest level. The, what's this, the lowest level of email? You want to know? Yeah. You want to know? Yeah. Okay, talk about the thing. All talk right. About right. The thing. So, okay, I have a good one. So this, I'm, I'm, it's actually, I've seen it. And for those of you that are interested in seeing Harold McGee 
floating on a French fry raft in a CGI pool of bubbling oil. And really, who isn't, right? I mean, who isn't interested in that? Like, you got to see the movie. It, 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 has, it has some Belgium. It's got some America. It's got some McDonald's. It's got some, uh, it's got some Hemmings. It's got some, it's got, it's got, it's got all the stuff. It's got me, unfortunately. Yeah. I use in it, by the way, it's an early, because remember, this was shot, what, like three years ago? Two years ago? 2019. Yeah. It's got an early reference to moisture management. And by the way, I still believe everything that I said in the, I I watched it and I still believe everything I said. So anyway, the premiere of that movie is, um, is this week and it's being brought to you by Sir Kensington. And by the way, here's something you might not know. Sir Kensington was acquired recently by Unilever. So in the past couple of years. So now they've got big mayonnaise behind them. Unilever is the company behind uh, Hellman's and Best Made. You know what the difference between them is? No. Where you come from in the country. Were you, did you grow up Best Made because you're Western? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the same freaking mayonnaise. Best Made and Hellman's, same thing. It's like the people who try to get all bent. It's the same, it's the same damn thing, different label, right? It's like uh, it's like the it's like the Mexican Coke thing I told you about. Remember, yeah, yeah. you know how everyone swears Mexican Coke is is it's different, Joe. I love it. Yeah, you know what I did? I sat next to the CEO of the Coca Cola Corporation at a dinner once when I was making cocktails. They're like, "Yeah, sit next to the CEO of Coke." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So I sat next to the CEO of Coke, and he's like, "It's it's it's hilarious. It's awesome. It's the same." He's like, "It's the same." I'm like, <laughs> I was like, "I was like, but what about using the sugar?" He's like, "Eh, yeah, no one could actually tell. It's all garbs. It's fine. We love it." I'm like, "All right, good to know." Now, people, okay, can I, oh. that's not me talking. That's the CEO, for, maybe former, I don't know. It was a while ago. The, the CEO at the time of Coca-Cola saying this, I am merely quoting. So I don't want to get any nasty comments about it. All right, Styles, what do we got? What's the well, you lo- know, this is the, the lowest, the lowest, the lowest. What, is the low, what is the lowest jobs that, that you know of, that, you, that you, you have respect for but not much? Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> this, is very, this is very specific. I have low respect for... Mm-hmm. I have some respect for, but not a lot. So it needs to get done. It's not a yeah. dishonorable profession. No. It's just something that I'd rather gouge out my own eyes yeah. than do. Yeah. I'd rather go full Oedipus than, than, than yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, Big difference. Big difference. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're not worthless emails. No. Because some people's job is just yes. to send worthless emails. You're, you're, you're like hitting it. You're hitting it. You know exactly what it is. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm being denser. Uh, oh, I, look. <laughs> you're the one that you're the one that has uh, the issue with the uh, PR. Okay. I mean, I have my issue. Like, I just any PR person that deals with us has to know that we're gonna laugh at them and be mean. That's all they need to know. They just need to have a little <laughs> bit of a, a thick skin. I, that you know, th- their job is to try to get us to do things that we don't want to do, and the correct answer is going to be between what they want and what we want. Right? Yeah. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. go ahead. Sorry. So give me. So that. yeah. So I'm I'm dealing with a PR person, and she says, and she thinks you know because John's out of town that I'm the second assistant in a row. <sighs> second assistant, love it. Almost forty, and uh, she says, "Hey, you know, we want to we want to share this with some foodie press and influencers. Your um, French fry recipe." Right. She said, "But we'd also love to hear Dave's top tips, if possible." And so I was like, so my response was just, sure. That right? sounds like you. <laughs> and then, that sounds and then, like you. And then she says, great. Let me know when you're able to take a stab at those tips and we'll liaise back to our PR team. And I said, no. 
Yeah, that sounds like you. Uh, here's something you may or may not know. Because I'm not going to, like... Yeah, stop, stop, stop. Here's the reason we're not your successful. Tips. Your the tips. Re- this is the reason we're not successful in life as, as much as we could be mm-hmm. is because people only come back to people that respond quickly to them and just give them what they want. They don't... Right. They, it, it's not her job to, like, spend her life trying to figure out, like, the ins and outs of what, of what we think. So the next time they'll just use somebody else. But, but that, you that's, know you're that's not going to give them the tips until the morning of Friday. In fact, <laughs> I spent 45 minutes on the phone between 8.30. They called 30, you? Yes, between 8.30 and 9.15 this morning. I did nothing but talk to her about that's tips. That's amazing because I told her to call you directly. Wow. Yes, you did. <laughs> and she did. That's so great. So I love that so you're complaining, ab- I love that you're no, complaining about it. I just, and I'm the know, one that had to spend know, 45 well, minutes this morning. You are the expert on french fries. but That is true. Yeah. And I just didn't like the take a stab at like what i.e. freaking do it no, i.e. i.e. no rational person would send back the email that you sent back to someone but in, in essence no you're I, trying I, to no, get people I to use this as a source because she's like anybody can do what dave was gonna say so why don't you just do it and it's like no if you knew dave you'd know that it's very specific yeah i, I appreciate As, what you're saying the i appreciate video, what you're the saying. movie or whatever you know what i mean yeah, yeah i appreciate what you're Take saying stab it's so like clo- it's but so she doesn't know me dismissive. from a hot rock yeah anyway if okay. she's seen the movie man it, the, the sign of a good publicist right. is knowing who you're talking to though you have uh, to know who you're talking to. i think That's she, the look, biggest mistake they made. I, I have you say i'll have you know this is that she was very game because I don't think she was recording what I was saying to her, and I went in the weeds on French. So for she those of you that don't know, recording. So for those of you that don't, don't know, know what's going to show. I don't know. I don't know. But listen, people, I spoke to her. I spoke for like forty-five minutes. The French fry recipe that they're using. So here's the problem. They're, they're they have a the problem and hopefully the solution. They have a French fry truck that they're running this weekend, right? Now, the truth of the matter is, if anyone tells you there's such a thing as a perfect French fry, they're, they're jokers. They're idiots. There's no such thing. There is the fry, first of all, that you want to make right now. There's what you're trying to achieve, and there's what systems you have to achieve it. So I tried to write a recipe that would work for the French fry truck, right, because the recipe that I put on the blog, I would actually change that now, by the way. I've done a lot of research since then. Oh, my God, which I don't even have time to talk about. It would take more than this whole episode. But um, the the... The truth of it is, is that for professional use, my recipe where you water blanch for a long time, for like, I think it was like 12 to 15 minutes. I forget, Stas. It's a long time, right? Since we wrote that. Since uh, The fries get too beat up. They almost turn to mashed potatoes. So in the rough handling of a commercial establishment, they turn into nubbins. And most people don't want to serve French fry nubbins. They want to serve intact fries to the majority of the fries. They want to have them be intact, right? So what that means is I had to cut down on the water blanch time or make a very precise recipe for just doing uh, the oil blanch fry, but that's more difficult. So I did a shorter blanch, a shorter water blanch, which means I also had to move to a smaller diameter, a, a, tw- a 10 millimeter fry, even though my personal favorite is a 12 millimeter fry. All right. So I wrote this recipe and I, I was trying to explain like why this recipe is the recipe I chose for this. So instead, we just gave it a number. The recipe that they're making at, at the Tribeca Film Festival on, does that Friday or Thursday? Friday. Friday is called Dave Arnold's French Fry Recipe number 27. I have, you know, we didn't count. I was going to choose something in the 30s. And Stasi goes, that's a crap number. Yeah. How about 27? Also, they said they can't use the potatoes that you... I just asked for a high-gravity russet. That's literally any russeted potato. That's literally all the potatoes. 
Like they said they might not be able to find, I didn't specify it. Look, the, the truth of the matter is, is that you in, just scared them. <laughs> I asked for an Idaho, I asked for an Idaho russet potato. Do you know what the difference between most potatoes is? Frankly, like b- besides the skin and the color and the flavor, right? In terms of their performance with frying or boiling or baking is literally just the specific gravity. And the specific gravity, i.e. how dense is the potato? Because a, a non-dense potato has fewer starch, uh, fewer starch um, granules in it per, per cell and more water. So when those things cook, they don't rupture, right? Which is why when you can them or make a potato salad with a low-gravity potato, right, they stay intact. And why it's harder to make a good potato chip with them because in a potato chip, your idea is to get all of the water out. So if you get all the water out, you have less potato chips. So you get more oil and you get you have to cook it longer and it's more of a pain in the butt. Um, same thing with a, pota- with a baked potato. You want your, if you want your baked potato to be fluffy when you push on it, and who doesn't besides a jerk, right? You need it to not have a lot of water so that the individual starch granules, when they puff up, absorb all the water. And then when you push on it, you get that mealy grainy thing, right? So all I'm asking for is a high gravity, low sugar potato, which is all of the properly handled Idaho russets. I didn't say you have to get a Burbank russet. I don't care. What I'm saying is get you a relatively large G-Pod style, like, Idaho made, no offense, Maine, you make delicious potatoes. I'm just saying, just get you a high-gravity russet potato. Is that I saw, hard? I saw they got those little red ones. You're, being, you're just trying to troll me. You're just trying to troll me. Nastasia Lopez is the queen of the trolls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can see her smirk through the phone. Mm-hmm. By the way, red, it's one of those things. It's like I was talking before with uh, wheat and hardness. It, like the, the red skin is one of those things that happens to correspond a lot of the time with lower gravity potatoes. It's not necessary, right? You know what a good all-purpose potato is? No. Like a, a medium, a me, like a lot of Yukons, especially the, like the bigger Yukons that are like, you know, kind of more developed. They're a decent medium all-purpose potato. They taste good. I, I don't mind having What would Yukons. you do if they got sweet potatoes and they were like, we... Um, well, so Nastasia Lopez has had the great pleasure of watching what I consider to be horror shows happen, like on the reg, you know what I'm saying? Anything we do in another place, basically. Or somebody else is doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, I don't have control over it. Like the worst was I was doing somebody's wedding once. I made the drinks for their wedding. I pre-diluted everything. I put them in bottles. I I was like, I was like, I gave them to the the caterers like, Whatever you do, all the only thing you need to do, you don't need to think, you don't need to measure, you just need to get these things on ice cold two hours prior to the event. That's all you need to do. And please don't pour it over a lot of wet ice. What do they do? Wet ice. Warm over wet ice. You know? Womp womp. Yeah. And so you like know, I think the worst that we did was when Cliff was our intern and he said he was just serving the drinks, it, and it was like the habanero, like distillate, right? I just pouring it straight, straight. And he thought you said it was diluted, and people were getting shellacked. <laughs> not, not to mention, you know how hard that stuff is to make. Yeah, that stuff's real hard to make. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Uh, good times. Anyway, um, yeah. Wow, you're hurting me just to think about it. So my current French fry recipe. Here, here's the deal, right? 
Someday, if you guys want, we'll do a whole episode and Nastasia can put her earmuffs in like an old school. Old school is a movie with earmuffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Earmuffs, you can put it on and we can talk just about the ins and outs of all of the different operations for uh, French fries. Um, but it would just take it would just take too long, and I get I get I get in the weeds real fast. So is, that's what you're telling the person this morning. I, I went in the weeds. I was like in the weeds. I was like, well, in Belgium, there the fruit shops aren't really frying a lot of other stuff in their oil, so they can dedicate very low temperature and specific temperatures to the fries. And I was like, you want me to give tips for home people? I was like, do you have any idea how fast a commercial fryer heats up? You know what I mean? I was like doing all of the math for. And I was like going all this stuff. I was like, this is why it's hard to give tips. One of the reasons to, to do a water blanch, right? The Belgians don't do a water blanch. The Belgians do a very long, very low first fry. Like depending on the size of the fry, anywhere between like seven and ten minutes at a very low temperature, right? And, and it stays blonde and they, until it just tacks up, right? The advantage of not doing any boiling or doing anything like that is, is you, you do maintain a lot of the potato flavor, right? Because it goes directly into the oil. It's sliced maybe rinsed off the starch directly into the oil. Um, the problem is is that you need to get those numbers kind of exactly right or on your second fry it's not going to be crispy enough. They also in Belgium I think tend to fry the second fry at a lower temperature for longer than we do, which works if all of your frying is fries. But if you're frying a bunch of other stuff, you kind of want to keep your fryer at the same temperature. So a way to get around having to have these kind of exact temperatures, especially if you're at home and you can't really control the temperature very well, is to do a water blanch and the water blanch also salts the fry as it's doing. So I don't need to add salt to it afterwards. I wonder how much they retained and what it's going to say. I mean, she seems smart. So, I mean, hopefully a lot, but I mean, like I would not have retained that, you know, like it's like, it's like uh, zoom learning. It's like zoom learning at school. It's like, you know, is Dax, Learning anything via Zoom at school? No. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> All right. Let's get to some questions. Yeah. You have to wait until the miracle of moisture management comes out. By the way, for those of you that do go see this movie or somehow see it, I don't know how it's going to be streamed out. It's an early use of the term miracle of moisture management in the movie. In the movie, I say it. So there you have it. By the way, for those of you, I remember I said Laren Thomas, the knife guy. Mm-hmm. You have to check out his blog, Knife Steel Nerds. It is very deep. I was like, I was looking at, the reason I found him, I was, I was, I was looking up knife sharpening stuff because I was going to maybe put something about it in the book, but I haven't researched it in years, right? So I was like, well, how much new information can there be? Holy, oh my God. I love when I find someone who's so deep into something that you're like, I can't even, I can't even, I just have to have him on the show. You know what I mean? I can't even. Mm-hmm. All right. We actually got a comment in the stream from a cat code card. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's knife nerds. Definitely a core cooking issues demo. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, all 100% right. 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. So here we got a Patreon question. Uh, a while back when equipping my home bar, I purchased a jigger from cocktail kingdom called the, the jig. Is that the jigger the, or the gigger? The, the gigger. Gigger? I don't know. Jigger? I mean, it's a jigger, but it's spelled with a G. Gigger? gigger? Mm-hmm. Oh, because giga. Like giga. Like, like, I thought like gig. when you take it to a gig. Like giga, giga. Oh, uh, uh. I can see it either yeah. way, but but with the next sentence, it's comic it's a comically enormous jigger that measures three <laughs> ounces and uh th- three three ounces and three and th- hmm, I don't know. Three ounces and three quarter ounces. Oh, four to one ratio. All right. So one side is three ounces and the other side's three quarter ounce. Kind of a strange mix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, producing That's drinks a with one. a four to one ratio. 
It is allegedly based on a historic design, but I haven't been able to find information on that design or its intended use. I'm also not familiar with many drinks that have a 4-to-1 spec, and it basically relegated it to my gin martini duties. Any insight into the history of this gigantic, uh, gigantic, mm, yeah. gigantic jigger or mm. thoughts uh, on drinks for which it might be well-suited? Thanks, Brandon Bird. Well, listen, uh, Greg Baum, who is the uh, head of Cocktail Kingdom, has the most extensive collection of vintage and antique barware that I have personally ever seen. Uh, so if if they say that it's based on an historic design, it, it is. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know of very many modern specs that are a four-to-one. I mean, I guess some people like a, a four-to-one uh, martini. I'm trying to think, four-to-one. It's, it's, so that's two-half, right? So actually... Like, I like gin sours as two halves, but you're making double, right? So you'd be doing, you'd be doing, um, four to one. No, four to one, no. Yeah, two half. Right? I don't know, Dave. Wait, three and three quarters ounces. So it's like, it's, it's like almost, it's almost two cocktails, but not quite. Is that what we're talking about here? So yeah, so you could make gin sours that are a two-half-half ratio, right? So that's what I like. I pull back to two-half-half for that. So you could do a gin soury kind of a thing uh, with it, uh, but you're making slightly less than uh, a full drink. Also, mm, it's not quite one-and-a-half-half-half-half, which is my the Corsair spec. Anyway, so uh, I think what you have there, Brandon, is uh, a novelty jigger. Yeah. Novelty jigger. <laughs> I hope it's pretty. Uh, Der- Derek wrote in, Is it pretty? Right? Or as a, anyway. you know, we've talked about that before, right? On the air. What's it do? <laughs> That's what you said the spinzel. What's the spinzel do? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the, the story is, is that, you know, when I go over to my in-law's house, they, they you know, around the holidays time, they play the old uh, Super 8 movies that they used to take, you know, and the, the projector is 50 years old. So when it's still cold, everyone's moving in slow motion. And then once it gets warm, it's like, then it's like going. And then they have these old tapes that they that they you know like reel to reel cassettes things that they like um, that they had of the kids which you know it's my wife and all that so they're all sitting around opening stuff on Christmas and they lived in the south so at the time so they had southern accents and so like they opened some sort of tchotchke and the doll there's a doll what's it do and and they go it's just purdy and that's it <laughs> and so like when people are like this fins all what's it do it's just purdy <laughs> yeah. Brandon says that the jigger is not pretty. Also, no, yeah, it's a little too. Hey, hey, bud, bud vase. What do you th- what are your thoughts on yeah, a bud vase? Love yeah, love bud vase. Love a bud vase. And for those of you that uh, someday will do, Nastasia Lopez will hire the Lagrin we or hire call the Lagrin we person in, and we'll talk about flowers for the table. What do you think about that? Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah. What's that person's name? Mm. Uh, oof, or maybe there's a newer person that you can find that's also good. Anyway, you want to hear a sad story? This weekend I, I went to the Hamptons to see someone that's very rich. Sounds sad. And have <laughs> so lunch sad. at. Wow, I feel at, horrible. Well, uh, have lunch at their house, and so I brought flowers because there mm-hmm. was a bunch of stuff at the farmers market there, like delphinians and stock and these broccoli flowers and stuff. And so then I was assembling the bouquet, and then I get to the house, and they have like. The most amazing bouquets ev- everywhere. They wow, even have wow. a cutting garden just for the little bud 
the bud vases. Yeah. And I was like, here. And then they were like, just put it there and someone will take care of it. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. It's good to be rich. What are your thoughts, Nastasia, on pin frogs? Is that the correct term? I don't know. You know, the little the little real heavy things with the nails that you stick in the bottom of vases so that you can make sure the flowers oh, don't move around? Oh, no, I don't like those. Really? Yeah. I like those things. Very Japanese, though. Yep. Mm, I like them. I think, because, like, we don't, like, a, like a lot of our vessels are kind of too wide, and so you get yeah. too big of a spread. And if you have those things, you yep. can, like, you put them in and you can get uh, some good, um, Yeah. anyways. So... Sorry, Brandon. It's not even sounds good for a bud for a bud vase. I mean, because it's probably pretty wide, huh? Uh, throw it away. Just okay. Don't throw it away. Next question. By the way, when we're making things, like we seriously try to think about, we don't want everything to just become landfill. You know what I mean? Like, since my wife's an architect, but was a product designer as well, and so like we we're always thinking like, as soon as I make something, we're like, well. That thing is like destined for the landfill before it even shows up at my house. You know what I mean? It's like future landfill. I think it like we try not to build things that are future landfill. So yeah, well, right. So listen to this. <laughs> so we're on the phone uh, on last week at like you know midnight oh because that's when you know you know both I guess Nastasia and I are expected to be working and and the factories in China are working and uh, there was an electrical explosion at my house and the built. The, my apartment building and the building caught on fire. It's fireproof, so it's fine, I guess. But the everything was full of smoke, and we had no power, and everything was flashing off and on. And like, so I start asking Nastasia, "Can you check the blogs or whatever to see if like?" Because I didn't know terrorists, whatever. Because it was the loudest explosion I had heard in a long time. Right? It didn't sound like something that was just in our basement. And they, they thought we were joking. They, yeah. the, the factory thought we were uh, joking around. Yeah. 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 Good times. Uh, Derek wrote in, I have a big lovage plant. It has a fairly assertive flavor. What are some good food slash bev uses y'all have found for lovage? Uh, uh, first of all, uh, lovage seeds are also good. If you can let it go to seed, the seeds are good. For those of you that have never had lovage, lovage uh, aptly is assertive. It's a more assertive celery taste. Okay, it's also greener. So if you have Chinese celery, Chinese celery is like a more bitter version of the celery leaf, right? But it's not necessarily that much greener. The lovage that I've had is also like intensely green. So think a mixture of celery, Chinese celery, and parsley all in one kind of like powerhouse uh, thing. Now, so you can use it for a lot of the same things that you would use those for. You can use them in; they're great in soups, as a fine uh, as a fine dice over like uh, uh, you know not dice. Uh, what do you call it when you you know you mince the herbs up real fine? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember over that. like a risotto or things like that. You mm-hmm. like parsley on your risotto? No, I don't like parsley that much. Really? Yeah. Do you like anything minced up over the top of your risotto? No, just cheese. even like a porcini risotto. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just cheese. Just cheese. Just cheese. Cheese and pepper. What about adding? Uh, what was the cheese? What was the thing that they wanted to add cheese to in, in Big Night? And uh, Shalhoub goes ballistic on them. I don't remember. It's a criminal. It's a criminal. Anyway, uh, so it's good for that kind of application. Uh, it's good in soups, right? So any place you would uh, use celery leaves, and celery leaves are not uh, available anymore. But it's also delicious in gin drinks. So blender muddling, it's it's very sturdy, so it's not going to kind of um, get swampy on you. It lasts for quite a long time. So. Uh, like uh, anything with gin, anything with orange, uh, anything with gin and orange, uh, you're going to get uh, good results. So that's kind of what I would do with it. 
Yeah. And the seeds are delicious if you can get the seeds. Uh, if, you know, if you can raise it. I don't know how to do that, but if you can do that, that'd be great. Uh, someone, uh, Dan, wrote in and said uh, that John, when he's going to Italy, should go to Astuni uh, and the Puglia region. I don't know that John gets to choose where he's going. but I don't think so. You ever been down there? Either of you have been down there? Anyone been down no. there? No. I've never been to the <clears throat> south. Again, I've never been south of Rome. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, in Sicily, I've been to. But... How was it? It's fine. My family. I have family there. Fine. It's so. fine. We got a Jack fine. just sent me something from the chat. Uh, right. Congrats on getting the Sears all back on Amazon. I noticed the listing now is a prominent warning choking hazard. Small parts, not for children under three years old. I'm all for child safety, but that's not the first reason I wouldn't hand a Sears all to a toddler. Does this have something to do with your new certification? What's up? Uh, I did not know that. Uh, And uh, I think it's because Nastasia threatened to ram them down their throats that they thought they were a choking hazard. Actually, you did mention children on one of our calls. (laughs) Well, I didn't mention that. The thing I mentioned to the Amazon person was that they were, in essence, messing with my kid's future. Which is true. They were messing with my kid's future. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I guess you could unscrew parts of it. Well, I guess the matchstick. I mean, again, don't give your kid torch attachments. Just... Stupid. <laughs> you know what <laughs> why, I mean? Why? I mean, yeah, right. What do we mean? What could go wrong? Yeah, uh, I don't know who wrote that in. We have no control. We're just thankful that, uh, that it's back up. Uh, and now, you know, now it's only a full six months of revenue that we've lost <laughs> that we have to somehow make up for the, um, yeah. Do we talk about the guy? Are we allowed to say the guy's name? The guy, no, I'm going to say his name, but I'm going to say that if you heard this guy's name, it's amazing. He's got the best name, the best, the best yeah, he's name. He's told me oh, to man. drop his name for other problems that we have. So it really? must be. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's the, he's a, oh, by the way. Do you know that Jeff Bezos is going to blast himself into space soon? I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> right? Stay up there. <laughs> yeah, give us our money. See you later. Give, give us our money and stay up there. Anyway, uh, Alexander wrote in, hey, Cooking Issues people, uh, thanks for the answer on Ginger and no worries about being late. Remember, he had some sort of event he was doing and we told him the week after his event about the Ginger. Uh, I love your decision to go on Patreon. I got some of the ginger juice to clarify uh, just by time, but it lost all of its ginger kick. So I ended up using a mix of heated ginger and just uh, fresh juice, giving up some carbonation, and it was excellent. Now, to my question. That was just feedback, Stas. That wasn't a question. Don't get bent. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to recreate a cocktail version of Dalgona coffee. Dalgona coffee. Now, I had no idea what Dalgona was, so I asked Nastasia to look it up. It's one of these COVID things, one of these, like— TikTok COVID things. Korean, starting Korea, yeah. And for those of you that don't know, oh. every every one of the TikTok things that I've tested has been garbage. Garbage. Like that. What was the, one we, what was the egg, <laughs> egg yolk thing yeah. we tested? What was that? Yeah, you were at my house. Jack. Oh, we Remember? did. Yeah. I was there for that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, like. It was really dumb. Nobody, nobody takes the time to vet things anymore. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so That's what you're here for. Yeah. So what's Dalgona Coffee now, Stas, so people know? Uh, those, it was... Those of us that are not TikTok friendly? God. Um, looks like... I don't know. A bunch of... Okay. Well, it, okay, you got it, it doesn't contain Dalgona. What uh, is Dalgona? I don't know. <laughs> it is not possible to make Dalgona Coffee using co- ground coffee beans. Instant coffee creates a dense and foaming topping, and the reason for the name for this has much to do with the drying process of the coffee granules. What? I don't know. 
Pavona coffee is a beverage made by whipping equal parts instant coffee powder, sugar, and hot water until it becomes creamy and then adding it to cold or hot milk. Occasionally it's topped with coffee powder, cocoa, crumbled biscuits, or honey. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, All right. So anyway, so that's what we're trying to recreate here. I'm trying to recreate a cocktail version of Dalgona coffee and uh, so that it actually tastes like coffee and not instant crap. I'm using a mocha pot and uh, an easy whipper. I've tried using foam magic, which is maltodextrin, methylcellulose, xanthan gum from Modernist Pantry as a foaming agent, and it worked okay. But the foam got that goopy texture from the xanthan. Uh, is there, are there any other agents that would work better to give a lighter but still stable foam? I'm looking for a texture like an egg white foam on a sour. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Alexander. Uh, okay, so if it's foam... The methyl cell is probably some version of F50, and the maltodextrin is just there for a whipping agent. So you could try just using F50 and a whipping agent and just dialing back the xanthan because you can put – like I wouldn't go over a percent of uh, F50 because you're going to start tasting F50. But um, you can go fairly high on the, on the, meth, on the methyl cell and fairly high on the maltodextrin. So if you just jack – so the maltodextrin is there to jack the solids – and the methylcellulose is there to like uh, do the, the the whipping. You could add another stabilizer to it, or you could you could just pull the xanthan. They have an answer back from a little the bit. Chat. And what does the chat say? Sargon says Dalgona was pre-COVID. Thank you. Uh, and he also says Hoffman was a video on has a video on Dalgona. Google it. Uh, it actually works. A free-dried instant coffee acts as a surfactant, and it effectively turns it into a foam. And then he says. Grief. Um, <laughs> I found that equal parts are suboptimal. Five grams instant coffee powder, one gram soy, the less thin powder, 20 grams sugar, 20 grams water. And then he says the alcohol should be a one to one replacement with water. Thank you. Okay. Mm, but, but he doesn't want to use instant. So just use something stronger like a, like a espresso shot. And if you need to add the powder to make up for it, I don't. We have some more Patreon questions here. Too. Uh, you new ones? Yeah. All well, these are from Jack this morning. Or well, I, 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 not those the ones I just did? No. All right, give me some. Hey, Cooking Issues teams. I'm a mid-30s software engineer married with three small kids, seven years old, three years old, five years old, living in Melbourne, Australia. I do most of the cooking. I've been looking at a benchtop induction burner and, of course, came across a Breville control freak, but the price tag is a bit hard to justify at the moment. I want to hack a much cheaper induction burner to add smarts, precision temperature control, cooking schedules, programs, etc. I'm comfortable with electronics, microcontrollers, and programming, but was wondering if Dave has any recommendations on what induction burner to start with, what components would be best, and what kind of thing to watch out for. I own liquid intelligence. I'm looking forward to being able to purchase a Sears all once they start shipping internationally. You can, right? Oh, internationally. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you can get it on Amazon now. So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know what the, uh, like they do what they do. They own it. So if they sell they, it, yes, they sell exactly. it. Like we, we have no control. By the right. way, we have no control people. Right. So. We don't own those. The only ones we own are the ones on Deliver. Mm-hmm. So no. here's the prop. Shopify. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. The problem with hacking induction burners is, uh, and people have done them. You, you, can, you can look them up. Um, is <laughs> the, way, the way that they're, they're controlled is you ever you guys ever listen to your induction burner and it's like mm-hmm. because what it's doing is it's 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 hunting frequencies to try to find the right one that resonates with your pot right and so they're they're doing a lot of um they're doing a lot of stuff because 
theoretically, you could get um, you could get induction to work. By the way, on on even on non magnetic uh, pots, but not the way that induction hobs are using because they're not strictly just using um, induction. They're using what's called a hysteresis loss, uh, which is why you know it needs to be magnetic, and in fact, why you can't heat with a standard induction stove things above uh, cherry red because as soon as you go what's above called the Curie point that it, it stops heating effectively. That said, uh, so th there was once – I looked into trying to do my own induction once and you can find this stuff. But I, you know, basically any of the coils is going to work fine, right? It's just a question of I don't remember if there's any – I don't remember if there's anyone out there – that allows you to use the microprocessor that's already on board and then just change the power up or down. But I haven't researched it in years, so I'm sure that there's someone that – because really all you need is control of the power. So, you know, you don't want to have to write an algorithm to hunt and peck for the uh, correct frequency. You don't want to write an algorithm to sense whether the pan is there. You just, I assume, want to uh, – change the heating profiles and, and, and whatnot. So uh, unfortunately, I haven't researched it um, recently enough, but it should be possible if you're good with, you know, surface mount stuff. But trying to do it 100% from scratch is probably going to be a long, long and winding yeah, road. Save your money. Um, Bill. Hey, wait, real quick. A joke. I have a joke for you, Dave. If I was a techno DJ, you know what I'd say I'd do? What? Hunt frequencies and see which one resonates with your pot. Oh. Yeah, I, I like that explanation, David. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Bill Boom. on Patreon says, <laughs> I'm also attending the balancing act classes on Gush. I have a jar of Moroccan preserved lemons, a spinzel, and a craving for another Corsair. Will Dave go over the clarified Moroccan preserved lemon ingredient? Okay, so this is a good – by the way, on my Instagram – uh, go to the in Cooking Issues Instagram, and you should go there anyway because occasionally we tell you things about things there. Um, I give the recipe how to make it without a uh, spinzol. Now, with a spinzol, the whole idea of the pr Moroccan preserved lemon is you don't want it 100% clear because some of the cloudiness is what gives it its um, – gives the body to the drink. So you just blend the entire thing. Blend it all. Add pectinex. But don't use uh, D1, D2, which are the wine-finding agents, and just spin it uh, in continuous mode, right, because you're trying to get the liquids out and let it be cloudy, right, and then strain the stuff at the end. That's, that's what you do, right? Is that good? Yeah. And then Jack sent me from the chat room. Van Groff says the best place to start hacking is not at the interface between the logic board and the power board, but at the interface between the keyboard and the logic board. Hook up a logic analyzer there and reverse engineer the level controls, then use your own microcontroller and firmware to do it there. There you go. There you go. There you go. Good advice. Uh, Aaron wrote in, hey, uh, what about your day-to-day -day use of hydrocolloids? I want to know how you guys use hydrocolloids in your daily cooking. Um, well, I'm guessing that you don't, Stas. I don't want to presume. I, no, I guess not. I mean... You don't do that kind of cooking anyway, right? You don't make, like, roux and sauces well, I was and just stuff, thinking, like, mac and cheese, right? But I'm not but you using didn't, You didn't do starches, that, right? No. What was your... What was, like, your old... Are you allowed to talk about your old recipe, your mac and cheese recipe? Uh, No. No, I'm not. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, well, helpful. Well, uh, okay. what, about, well, did, what about you, Joe, Jack? You guys use hydros now? Or is that like to call them fancy? Yeah. You know what? It's like uh, I use a lot. I use very – I often use small quantities of xanthan. Oh. 
Yeah, but other than that, I doubt they're looking for that. Like, they want more. But I use, in other words, like, I use xanthan mostly in baking. Like, I like mostly I use xanthan in baking because if you're milling your own flour and you want to use other people's recipe for, like, chlorinated bleached cake flour, you need to add a little xanthan to get the texture of it, uh, the texture of the product right, to mimic the, to mimic the same... Um, water holding capacity that you would get out of a, a chlorinated flour. So I do that all the time. Uh, what else do I do all the time? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm trying to think about it. Hmm. You don't. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You would know. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily know. I mean, look, the one that I reach for the most is is uh, is is obviously xanthan, right? Um I have a centrifuge, so I don't use agar that much anymore, right? Because I'm not often making uh, gels. Um, what about when you, you do a lot of the spherification, though, at home, so? <laughs> Again, queen of the trolls. Nastasia Lopez, Everyone's queen like, of the trolls. Everyone's like, oh. Uh, Aaron's like, oh. <laughs> Here's my problem with the spheres. Wow. Let me ask you this. Wow, does. Do you Do anyone out there, like, other than the color... Other than the color, do any of you guys out there love the pimento in the in the Spanish olive? Like, just the flavor of it. Be like, you know what? If I could just have a jar of just that, would you? I don't think I've ever eaten it. Really? I mean, you've eaten the whole thing and had the red. I don't think I've ever eaten You've those. never eaten Mm-mm. a green, Mm-mm. mass-produced I've olive with a red thing in it? I've my whole life. I yeah, think I eat like, them the same way he does. Same here. Yeah. As a kid, you're like, well, no. Really? Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yep. It just looks disgusting. Not into it. Wow. Have you ever had yeah. one, though? Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. three for three. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, can't you find those in also in like the pimento loaf as well? Like, uh, what is it? The meat with the, has the olive in the pimento? Coming from the Carolina man, I love the pimento loaf. Yeah, Do you I like mean, pimento cheese? No. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to have a moment there, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like pimento cheese. And pimento loaf. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. the same thing. So, like, the look, I don't know if you know this, people, but, like, red peppers aren't all the same exact shape, and they don't come in strips that can be punched into olives by a machine. So what they do is is they pulp all of the red peppers, mix it with uh, sodium alginate, spray calcium on it in sheets, then they age the sheets for a day so they get nice and firm, cut them into strips, and then those strips are tough as nails and can be shot into those olives without breaking them. And that's what they are. Uh, what, any of you guys like the chummed up chummed up onion rings? The fake onion rings? No. Me <laughs> neither. I, re- like, I love a real onion ring. What's your, what's your idea oh, yeah. of onion rings? Uh, like, what kind oh. of batter? I specifically mean what kind of batter? I don't know, dude. Are you like more of a beer batter or more of like a chicken fry batter? I, I like to make more of a chicken fry batter, but I know a lot of people like the beer batter, the puffy, hard crunch. Oh, yeah, the other one. The one that's more like chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe? Yes, absolutely. The puffy one, the beer batter is like harder to, yeah, to yeah. manage. I don't know. I think, you know, you know why I think people like to do that? It's very difficult to get good adhesion of the more chicken-like batter on the onions because they shrink so much. And uh, wow. the beer batter one, because it's so puffy, no one notices that you have the onion onion rattling around on the inside of this like freaking crunch tube. I don't like it. I, I prefer the other. I prefer the style we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know which batter I, I I like. Whatever batter that was used at Tony Roma's. Mm. Oh, you know, I've I don't know wow. that I've ever actually been. Is is it is it a steakhouse or a rib house, Tony Roma? Ribs. As you know, I've never been to one. Oh yeah. You know, I was I was talking to. Uh, 
I was talking to a chef. This is a long time ago. I had never heard. It was the first time I had heard of the macaroni grill. And I was talking to one of the execs of the macaroni grill. And I was like, macaroni grill, what's that? I was like, is that like an olive garden? He's like, no, we're way, way above an olive garden. I was like, well, I don't, un- I don't understand. Have you ever been to a macaroni grill? Mm-mm. No, neither have I. Is it way above an olive garden? I, we just said we've never been there. But you know how things are positioned. Like they, if someone said to me, if someone said to me, I don't know. I would think they're the same. I think it's the same franchise, probably. Probably the same. It's like maybe like yeah. well, a little bit different ingredients. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not like it's not like one's one's getting Cisco, the other one's getting like older. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, in other words, like in other words, I'm sure. Like I say, it's an honorable thing, but I mean, like the market is what the market is. It's not like it's not like one is McDonald's and the other one's Jean Georges. You know what I mean? Like that's not like what we're talking. It's not like a. Right? I don't know. We should. I know. I've been to Olive Garden. I don't know what. Well, first of all, I've always wondered this. What what does a grill have to do with macaroni? How often are you grilling your macaroni? I think they just macaroni? put two things together that <laughs> Americans will go crazy for. Oh, I love macaroni. But that's not even. Americans don't call pasta macaroni. Only yeah. Italian Americans call it pasta macaroni. And from Boston. Only like that's not Boston. True, because hamburger helper and macaroni and all hamburger that stuff. Hamburger helper yeah. helps yeah, so, man. her help her hamburger. Wait, no. Hamburger helper helps... <laughs> Her hamburger help her, because dudes aren't allowed to use it. I don't know if you know this. Like, men aren't allowed to use it, and, like, I think that back well, in the day, you, you were kind of cheating. Was a man, though? Yeah, yeah, I think you were kind of cheating on your husband with that hand. I think it's like uh, something was happening in the kitchen. Yeah, it was definitely aimed for the woman in the, in the kitchen. Well, that's, I mean, that's like Literally, the song is, like, straight up, hey, like, this is a sexist thing. Yeah. Here we are. She's cooking. Yeah, hamburger helper, I believe it is hamburger helper, Helps her hamburger, right? So the hamburger doesn't get in on the feeling up thing. The hamburger doesn't get a, a, like any touchy it's feeling. It's not a hamburger. Right. It's not a hamburger. Hamburger helper, who's Which the is dude, a is a, it's a man right, it's a white hand. Glove. Yeah. yeah, white glove. With so you're red. clean. White glove, yep. It clean. Comes, comes with its clean. Hamburger helper <laughs> helps her hamburger help her make a great meal. That's it. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. You know, uh, I had Hamburger Helper once when I was a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Also, has anyone had shake and bake in the last twenty-five years? Yeah. Really? Whoa. Mm -hmm. Pork chop steak and bake or chicken steak and bake? Shake and bake. Pork chop. How was it? Uh, It's always at my parents' house. It's fine. Wow, really? Yep. I haven't had that in a long time. It's shake and bake, and I helped. Remember that commercial? Yep. Yeah. So for those of you that uh, are grooving on these reminiscences from the 70s, and for those of you who are you know slightly younger, 80s, uh, okay, when you used to go to kind of like a, what at this time seemed like the height of Epicurean delights, like a Bonanza or a Ponderosa Steakhouse back in the day, or a you know, Sizzler-style place, right? And you went to the salad bar, or when you got your steak, when you got your like, you know, three millimeter thick steak, you know what I mean, that you got there? They used to come with these spiced apple rings. Who's with me on the spiced apple ring? They're red, and they're like, they look like pineapple rings, but they're apple and they're red. This, uh, like, I'm on a mission to bring these back. Originally, all the old recipes for them, and a lot of them are like fake Penn Dutch kind of recipes, you melt Red Hots, and then you steep it in the Red Hots, so it's like a cinnamon-spiced apple ring. Because when I was a kid, I always thought they were beets, and I thought somehow, I was like, well, 
I won't eat the beet, but I will eat the red apple. You know what I mean? But I don't think it's a beet. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if anyone out there has like a really good memory of or good recipe for the apple rings, I think it's worth bringing back, bringing apple rings back. Uh, At Sizzler for the salad bar, you know, you pay per head. My parents would be like, the kids aren't eating. Oh, <laughs> wow. I remember those. Yeah. Same stuff. Yeah, same, and then you know their plates. Yep. I'm so glad yep. when I was a Every kid. Time. I'm so glad when I was a kid that I did not know what I know now about human beings. <laughs> because those salad bars, oh my God, what a filth machine that thing was. No, of course, but you know, and I, 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 someone brought this to my attention, like, you know, like Pizza Hut, all those people, all those places that had a salad bar, there was always kale there, not as to eat it, yeah. but just as decoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kale's been with, with us yeah. for a really yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we never thought to eat it. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Yeah, like you're not supposed to eat raw kale. I get it. You're supposed it to cook just, kale. It was just a, it was just an ornamental. Mm-hmm. Thing yeah, yeah, ornamental just, kale. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like oh, I got all this extra kale. I'm gonna throw it over here in this little hole, this spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But why not just make something with it? Yeah, cook it. Cook it. Cook it. Not like, put but it, it wasn't my... part of the stuff. No, no, you weren't supposed to decor, eat it. Yeah. It wasn't washed. That thing oh. is like straight on E. coli butt explosion if you ate it. Right. You know what I mean? That thing's filth, Joe. <laughs> do you like raw kale? No, no, I don't. I don't. Does but, anybody but in like, the real life? But like, would you do that? With, no. like, I'm going to put iceberg lettuce as an ornamental thing over here in the corner just to fill a hole. No, you eat that stuff. You're going to eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, why are we? Why were there we... must have been some salad bar expert that was like this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. green. Yeah. It's it green. makes it look like yeah. it's, you know, it's dark like, green too. Yeah, it's yeah. Green. full of sand. Mm-hmm. And chlorophyll. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, iceberg lettuce, I like it. I know a lot of people hate on iceberg lettuce. You know what it is? Real crunchy. Mm-hmm. Real crunchy. Same with endive. Oh, endive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, but that you like. Well, you, I know you like a bitter, a bitter green though. I love a bitter green. That's why I said. Endive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love a bitter green. Uh, back to salad bars for a second. I can still have very pleasant memories of being like, why does no one else go to the bottom of the blue cheese jaw? I I would take that plastic scoop, that long plastic scoop, and I would go all the way to the bottom of the blue cheese dressing and get the big chunks, the big chunks of the blue cheese that had settled down. Oh, man. Good times. But again, if I just think about how gross, gross I know those salad things were. I mean, I probably made them more gross. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I was probably mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. up there in, in Grossland. Uh, salad bar. What about, have we talked on the show before about the Roy Rogers? Probably. A free fixings bar? You familiar with free fixings mm-hmm. bar? Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So to this day, when when I'm getting burgers ready at, at the house, I'm always like, get the free fixings bar ready. Get the free fixings. You know what I mean? And so like, because <laughs> what you do is, is you order the puniest, whatever the puniest burger is that you could get at the Roy Rogers and then you use the free fixings bar fundamentally as a salad bar. So it's like, it's like a, it's like a little, when you don't have no money, this is what you do. So you have like the bun, the burger, and then like a pile of lettuce and BS tomatoes and whatever else they have. And like all of the pickles, you know what I mean? Because if you add enough pickles, it's kind of like a dressing, you know what I'm saying? And then like, you know, whatever mayonnaise is and stuff. And you basically, you have a salad with your, with your free fixings bar. Eh, Roy Rogers. The only reason why East Hampton is great is at the beach. They have, they had a snow cone, make your own snow cone station. Wait, wait, you make your ice. own? So they shave the ice and okay, it's okay. The perfectly fluffy, like perfect. Like right? with the same machine we had? No, I don't know. It's somewhere back in the back. Okay, right? okay, okay. And then so they hand you the cone shape. They shaved. hand you the cone okay, shape. Okay, okay. And then there's a wall of every single flavor of juice for right. your thing. Juice and in quotes, you, air quotes. You get to put it on. Ah. But can you, can you double dip? 
Yeah, you can go back in because oh, yeah, that's dicey. But go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, Ooh. they got rid of it. I see. Because I don't know. Because COVID, COVID, maybe. Because of COVID, maybe. What color? It's the oh, only. Man. What color? I used to do cotton candy. Ooh, the pink is pink mm-hmm, or blue pink, cotton candy. Pink. Yeah. So you like that kind of burnt sugar taste? Yeah. What? Do you think that burnt sugar taste would work if there was also some acidity to it? My problem with cotton candy is that it just doesn't have any acid back to it. And when I have a shave ice, I need some acid. But that's back why on. that you can mix flavors too. You know, cotton candy, lime. You don't like the coconut one? You gotta cut it. That's right. No. Mm-mm. Mm, I like the coconut one. I always used to when I was a kid, green, go green, go green. I was green. Sounds like we're talking about like jelly bellies, like jelly beans. Yeah, like, well, like all the flavors of jelly. Mm-hmm. There's, it's some pretty incredible flavors. Yeah, uh, it's all smell. Do you do you guys know that mm-hmm. like for the past like five, six, seven, eight years, the kids have been eating the gross ones? You know about those? Real nasty. Oh yeah. You ever eaten the gross ones? What are the gross ones? The black ones? No, 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 no. Gr- like literal. They there's like booger vomit. Vomit. Yeah. Oh, so they have these ones. I forget what they're called. They're like they're like challenge jelly belly things. So what you do is is that like. They have two beans that are identical looking. Oh, yeah. And one is like peach and the other is vomit. Oh, wow. Now. It's like the garbage pail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah, And the yeah. thing is, is that, is that I know that they coat them with carnauba wax or whatever. Bean boozled is what they call uh, bean bo- it. Yeah, bean you're correct. And I've, these have been through my house so <laughs> Wasn't many times. Wasn't it part of Harry Potter? Is that? And you're thinking of butterbeer, which oh. now, by the way, there's a line out the freaking block for butterbeer on Broadway here in this place. Uh, anyway, but you can smell which one's vomit before you put it in your mouth, so it's no easy way. to not get bean boozled. I gotta try this. Yeah, get, I gotta go at least go. Oh, but should I read smell? some of these flavors? They're really rough. Okay. There's toothpaste, stinky socks, lawn clippings, baby wipes. I like lawn spray. clippings, by the way. I was just thinking. <laughs> Barf, booger, moldy cheese, which could be good. I like moldy <laughs> cheese. Rotten egg. Yeah. And then number one is canned dog food. Oh. Uh. Yeah, which basically, wow. by the way, p- people hate on canned dog food. Whenever I open canned dog food, which is not Makes very me hungry, I love the I love the potted meat, dude. The old school potted meat, like those little things. If you like riette, why wouldn't you like potted meat? Have you tried it? Spam. Potted meat? No, your dog's food. no, no. Spam? I love spam. It's too salty. It's salty, yeah. But I like spam. I, was I, like, I see the commercials coming back. It's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you obviously know. Who consumes the most spam of anybody? The military? No, Hawaiians. Oh yeah, 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 Hawaiian. Yeah, Hawaii. Like they, they come by that pe- you know, that pizza that people don't like. Honestly, they consume a boat ton of spam. It's not even close. Like their spam yeah. consumption is like by far and away. And that's why, like here in the city, like three, four years ago, Masubi were like everyone was Masubiing out their ears, and it's all like it's like an onigiri with spam in it. Real nice. All right, you got three minutes. One more question. Well, we got to finish the Patreon questions. Hold we on. are done. No, we that got another it. one. That's not it. It is. This is Patreon. Oh. Oh, from, uh, but it's from la- last week, I okay. think. Uh, this is uh, in from Quinn. Uh, I'm interested in making shelf-stable fruit preserves with as little change to texture and flavor as possible. The style I'm going for is essentially just whole fruit slash large pieces of fruit sitting inside a syrup. Uh, as long as I'm using the proper ratios of sugar and the correct acidity for a standard preserved jam, can the actual canning pasteurization happen at a lower temperature? Uh, if my fruit uh, with concentrated syrup was held at 65 or 70, would it eventually pasteurize and be stable like a boiled canned preserve? I cannot find many guidelines about times for lower temperatures because most people use high temperature process to activate the pectin. Um, well, so the issue with um, – the issue with this, oh, John says to nixtamalize the fruit. It's not really nixtamalizing. First of all, you shouldn't use nixtamalizing to mean 
using calcium to strengthen the cell walls of fruit because nixtamalizing is a different procedure that is done to grains to turn the seed coat into a mucilaginous thing and to pre-gelatinize the starch so you can make a masa dough. The cal- calcium reinforcing is not – of fruits is something that goes back a billion years in places like Thailand and you do it with bananas and with a bunch of other stuff. So if you want to stabilize a fruit – you can use any number of calcium-related things t- to make it happen. We used to use pickling lime, uh, you know, and you can get it in um, red lime paste in, in a Thai store. And you can use calcium hydroxide as well. Anyways, uh, that will make it hard, right? But I think they're asking about uh, preservation. The issue is is that it's going to be hard. It's going to take a long time for the syrup to kind of penetrate into the fruit if it's sliced thinly. Or if you can get this stuff in, I think half of the boiling is just to make sure that as it's going down, as as it's getting more and more concentrated, that you're making the water go away and getting the sugar in. Remember, those old school fruit concentrates are done in stages because if you just throw sugar, if you throw fresh fruit into a high sugar uh, situation, all the water leaches out of the of the fruit and and it becomes desiccated because you're in a sense dehydrating it the same way as if you threw it into salt. Um, so you could do it, and I would guess that you would be safe once the sugar concentration and the acid concentration was high enough, and then you would just need to do pasteurization. But you know, you and you could use calcium. I'd be aware if you're if you're if you're using pickling lime or calcium hydroxide to um, strengthen the walls of fruit. Eventually, it does nasty things. So I used to do experiments where, like, I was strengthening cucumbers and strengthening, and like, it's good, 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 real bad. So you got to be careful. You can vacuum impregnate with with calcium to try to make them stiffer, and frankly, you can vacuum impregnate with uh, syrups to try to get them to go in faster. And if you actually get the syrup in there, and it's not too far away from being isotonic, you could probably start the preservation early. Anyway, once the inside of the fruit is at a high enough sugar content and uh, a high enough acid content, then yeah, you should be able to pasteurize it. But the reason you don't find recipes is ain't no one going to write a recipe where they're basing your sa- like their word and your safety on something that they can't like specifically get behind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, and John says if you want to look at those people, look at uh, uh, Andy Dubrava's Instagrams on uh, using – presume – if it says nixtamalize, I'm presuming they're just using calcium uh, hydroxide. Uh, Josh Whitlam wrote in – oh, wait, we're done? Yep, we're done. And Jack's going to read off new Patreon. Yeah, shout out. Jack's, Jack's going to do this. Shout out to shout the new out. Patreon. We're up to 204, so I'm going to do this as fast as I can. We've got thank yous to Ray Barry, John Hutt, Joshua Hill, Mani Zakowski, Trafty Ken- Trafton Kenny. Christopher Hyde, Kevin Q, Matt Robbins, Travis Hawkins, Brian McWhorter, Isabella DeGio. Wow, I got to work on my pronunciations. David Harris, Dennis No, Ngo. How do you pronounce the NGO name? No idea. Neo, right? Uh, Colin Arneson, Mo Godin, Igni Sigurdsson, Annalise LaRue. I think that's two or three women there, Stas, for you. Alexander... Chad's Cack, Q Dragon Lee, okay, Michael J. Lee, Andy, Brian Donovan, Lauren Lambert, James Neal, Sandra Nuge, Zachary Stewart, Graham Clark. That is an awesome batch in the last week. And so John Hutt, I saw you mention that, was the old uh, MoFad chef now in Barcelona. Cool. So, yeah, uh, made possible by people exactly like you. Thank you. 
Yeah, there's no way we'll be able to read all the names as this grows bigger and bigger, but let's get us to 500. We're, we're at two, 204, and we're brand new here, so spread the word. Now, and tell your buddies who are worried about the Patreon that they can listen to it free on Friday. Like, we're not, again, you know, don't get bent at us. You can listen to it free on Friday. We, we thank you for your support, and Jack, we're going to have the uh, RSSs so that it'll uh, update on the Friday soon, right? We're just yes. Yeah. What will end up happening is Patreons will still be able to hear everything on Patreon on Tuesday, and then it will go to a regular RSS in all of the platforms by Friday. All right. And uh, tell all your Sears All friends they can go back on Amazon, so no more bad words about Amazon for now. Cooking issues. Cooking issues. 